Are you ready? Yeah. You ready, ready to be the first, yes, the first guest? <laughs> I'm ready for this. Are you just going to like hit record and we're going to be... Oh, we been. Oh, we been. I got you, man. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> no, like I said, this first meeting of the minds, this is very special. This is great. I'm so excited. And you just kind of started your journey into plant-based, you know, diets. How long? How long has it been yeah. now? It has been six months and counting. Um, I don't know how many days exactly, but right. about six months. Um, so what has the journey looked like for you, though? Based, like, was it a hard transition? Because everybody always thinks, like, I could never. Like, I could never give up cheese. Like, I, could, I couldn't right. do it. I used to be like that. I mean, I used to be that person. <laughs> <laughs> I love cheese. I, lo- I, I mean, in, even, like, looking at vegan foods when I go to the grocery store, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm trying to find everything that I used to eat, but in a vegan version, but the cheese is definitely interesting. It's, it's pricier too. So it's definitely like a splurge, like normal cheese would be. But, um, I used to be like that. I used to like, I used to eat a lot of meat, eat a lot of cheese. Transition though, uh, was, was super, super easy letting all of that go, which is like completely surprising. It would surprise me a lot that I didn't have any issues really transitioning off of that normal diet that I had. So it's pretty simple. Now for me, I, I like I usually say, you know, oh, it just happened overnight. But looking back, it definitely didn't. Mine was this progression of I stopped eating red meat. And then I stopped eating chicken. And then I was eating fish for like two weeks. And I was like, this is stupid. Why am I like, just just give it up. Um, and I watched a documentary and then it all kind of fell into place. Do you see that it was kind of like a linear progression or was it definitely like an overnight thing for you? So, I mean, I can get into sort of the story. Yeah, go um, ahead. Definitely. And I, I was having, and I've always had sort of digestive issues and I've tried a million different things to sort of remedy, you know, the lack, of, that's really the issue is the lack of digestion. Like things just feel like they're stuck in my stomach. I went to the doctor. I was intentional about, and I, I don't know if this is important, but it's important to me. It was, in t- I was intentional about finding a female doctor. I just felt like I've always had male doctors before and haven't been to the doctor in a long time. I don't traditionally go mm-hmm. year after year. I've always been going to sort of holistic doctors. My parents have brought me to, so we'll go to chiropractors and iridologists, someone who looks at your irises. So I was really suspicious. And <laughs> I know that you, you always laugh at my suspicion. Um, but I went to this doctor, told her about these issues, and to my surprise, she came back with a recommendation of reading this book called How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger, and it's all about nutrition, and she was saying this could help some issues I was having, particularly with GERD, so gastroesophageal reflux disease, basically acid reflux, which she says, you know, was my issue. She gave me that information, sent me home with it, almost like that was my prescription, was to read this book. So that's what I did. I was intrigued, and um, it was sort of like a challenge because she, you know, called me out on um, something that I didn't really expect her to call me out on, which was she asked me what is in your diet, and so I explained, you know, I, I have meat, I have eggs, I have dairy, I have vegetables, I have fruits, you know, the typical American diet. So anyway... Long story short, I went home, I read the book, and it was completely intriguing to me uh, to read all of this science based on the the foods that you should be putting in your diet and how um, all the stuff that I've been growing up to eat really is not necessary in your diet. 
in today's world. So I slowly started, I guess, making that transition. I think it was like over the course of a week or two, it was really easy to cut out meat first. Um, I was just like, all right, I just, I'm not going to cook any more of the meat. Slava can, Slava is my husband. Um, uh, I can say (laughs) that now. We were married a week. Oh, yay. (laughs) But I said, he can cut, he can, you know, cook all that meat, the rest of that. Um, I think I was dabbling still in like creams for my coffee. Mm. That was probably the hardest thing for me to kick. But it was definitely less than three weeks and I had completely transitioned and it wasn't that painful. Like I said, the only issue I was having was with cream for my coffee. Right. And did you have any like side effects? Um, Any like, I know some people experience like some pretty intense like GI things because you're getting like a lot more fiber. You're getting uh, like definitely cleaned out. Um... I was not getting cleaned out because I eat a pretty hefty, fibrous diet to begin with. Um, lots of roughage in there. I love my cruciferous veggies. Uh, so that wasn't much of an issue for me. But the things that I did experience were that I had a ton of mental clarity. This was just something that blew my mind and something I wasn't really expecting. I thought, well, hey, this might solve my gut problems, you know, digestive problems. And it did to a certain effect. I'm still having some issues and I'm, I'm still working on figuring out what that is exactly. But mm-hmm. I started sleeping better too all through the night. I've been one to wake up in the middle of the night, like screaming, kicking, like jumping. I did not know this. And thanks. Yes, I have. I'm very active at night. It's just very scary. I feel bad for Slava because he's always like in the morning waking me up and asked me so do you remember what happened last night and I'm like oh no the trauma what he tells me um is probably the most um consistent like reoccurring thing that I do is like I jump on the bed which is scary you know you don't know if you have a fan going on I could like hit my I'm I'm worried about that because I think I can injure myself but anyway um this diet really helped me sleep better. I was sleeping through the night. I wasn't waking up so much through the middle of the night or having these (laughs) night episodes. So there was the mental clarity. There was um, more energy too throughout the day. I wasn't feeling so lethargic around like two o'clock. I would always feel like I needed to take a nap in the middle of the day. And since transitioning to a plant-based diet, it's been, I've just seen all of these other things happening with my body that I didn't expect to encounter because I was thinking it was going to take care of my gut and that would be a new way to sort of live my life, eating a healthier lifestyle. But it really, it actually just changed so much for me and it opened my eyes much more to what this sort of lifestyle means. So it's been very interesting. So yeah, there's a ton. It sounds like there's a ton of physical effects that you didn't really expect and also like mental effects. So what I'm interested in hearing though, is more, I guess, the spiritual, emotional effects. Like, how how has your view of food changed since you have went plant-based? So that's a good question. I think it has changed in that I've become much more reliant on the variety of plants that I intake. Mm-hmm. So, and it doesn't sound, like, so great, but it's it's really challenged me to putting different things. So, so basically in this book, right, that I read, and I think, again, that book was amazing, but I think that was really so key in my success in sort of transitioning to a vegan plant-based diet. Um, and I, and we can get into why I, I like to call it plant-based, and yeah. call it vegan, and we can get into that later. But 
it's been so easy because in that book, it teaches you all of the different things you need in your daily diet. So following those, those categories of foods that you have to each, eat each day has helped me explore, you know, a broader range of things in this world that I don't normally eat. So for example, lentils and beans, those were things I had never really integrated into my diet, into recipes that I was making. And the more you learn about that type of thing, it connects you to different parts of the world. It connects you to different people, to different recipes, to different thoughts, like to different ways of thinking, which is, you know, just what I always say is food is culture, right? Culture is your food. And I think for me, this has opened me up to a, a world of different cultures. It's just really, you know, interesting. Again, I keep saying interesting, but I keep learning new things every day and I love it. So does that answer your question? It does. Or- it does. Because you're, it seems like you're connecting in a different way. And you're someone who has traveled extensively, I would say. I don't know anyone who's really traveled more than you. And you've been to, you know, (laughs) I don't, like different countries and, you know, being over there and seeing how they, would you be able to survive? You know, some people like, I could not survive on a plant-based diet. Like, could you do well in another country on the diet you're currently on? Yeah, I think totally. I mean, it totally depends on what your perspective is, because, I mean, if you have a bad attitude about it, (laughs) It's, it's possible that you can't find things, but if you have a good attitude and you're optimistic and you're really looking for it, I think you can find, you know, what you're looking for. But um, yeah, I have traveled. I think it's been like close to 30 countries I've been to. I right. lived over in Austria for almost three years. And even over there when I was being fed, so I, I lived with a host family for a, a year. And during that time, they cooked everything for me. And I can't say that it was meat like every day. I think it was less less animal-based products than you would have here in the United States. So that's not to say that it's easy or hard abroad. It totally depends on where you are. But if you look at it, like a lot of countries are already eating a vegetarian or plant-based diet or are surviving on what they have locally. So again, it just depends. But I think it's also maybe other countries don't consume meat on a scale that we do. That's the other thing. Like for in America, it's, you know, you need that huge steak with every meal. And I think... Well, it's so subsidized here, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I think, I can't speak for obviously every place around the world, but with subsidies and the government really propping up the meat, dairy industry here, it's uh, a different ballgame. I mean, you see it everywhere. It's advertised. And that's something that always really shocked me while I was abroad specifically in Austria, I was like, why are we not seeing McDonald's commercials or like Hardee's commercials or, you know, Dunkin' Donuts commercials abroad? But it's because they don't, it's just not as an important part of their culture or they don't have as much clout over there, I guess, because people are still really tied to the way they've, they've grown up and way that the way they, their families have grown up. And I think it might have to do with um, something I wanted to get into was cooking your own food. I think a lot of countries oh, yes. are maybe still having that intimate connection with their food where, you know, maybe they even grow it and then they cook it. And so the fast food, you know, fad isn't as big there because they're still having that cultural meaning to their food. And they actually not, not care more, but in a sense, they care a little bit more about making their food and, you know, consuming it and giving it to their family. You know, like I said, grandma's love. That's that's yeah, the whole thing. Right. 
Yeah, right. And we were talking about this recently. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally believe that, you know, you can put into what, into that food, what, what you're feeling. And I, and I know that you wanted to talk about spirituality on this podcast too. And I think that really translates into food, what you're putting spiritually, you know, your vibes, whatever it is mm-hmm. that, you're putting into, that comes through. And yeah, I, I think a lot of people who garden, for example, will have a greater appreciation for, you know, that one zucchini they harvest, that first one, yep. you know, and get really excited. And they're like, oh my God, what am I going to make with this? Or they grow some basil and they make some homemade pesto or, you know, obviously tomatoes, like all of it. Um, it can be really exciting. Definitely what you said, grandma's love, I think. You can feel it. You can just feel it when somebody cooks for you, when somebody makes something for you. It's always like the most grand gesture because it's like, wow, you took your time and your effort and you crafted this for me. And now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to eat this. It's it's the one yes. of the most beautiful things you can do for someone. Yes. And you know what? I was talking and I don't want to keep bringing this lava into this, but he is my partner. And great. I love him. So much. I love him. He's great. I asked him because I was like, all right. I'm going to be doing this podcast with Lena and it's about spirituality. And I haven't really had conversations with him in depth uh, about that topic in particular. So I was like, what do you think about it? Like what's, what is spirituality? Cause I'm sort of, I'm asking myself that, what is it? What does it mean for me? You know, how do I act spiritually? And he brought up this uh, example of, he's like, well, I love spirituality because you can connect to others and learn from their spirit and i'm like well give me an example and he's like well like you cooking or you gardening like you put so much into that and it's something that i could never do myself and he does cook you know and he can garden as well but But you're like a master uh, gardener like (laughs) i'm a master gardener (laughs) a penn state master gardener i've gone through some training i love gardening i love cooking too and i will say i'm pretty good at both of them um they're just two passions of mine. So, but he, what he was saying was that like, I can experience your spirit through the food that you give me. And I was totally taken aback. I was like, that's pretty deep. That's powerful. I love that. <laughs> I know what he means. And I was thinking, I was like, well, what does he sort of provide me through his spiritual gifts? You know, and I'm, uh, this might be like sort of cliche, but he is such a hard worker in everything he does. He puts so much effort in the things that he does it just completely impresses me and it gives me inspiration i'm like whoa man like if he's doing all of this and he's from russia he came here he's like really working so hard and has gone so far something that he does for me is sort of you know provide me that inspiration and so anyway that sort of gifting of spiritualness was was something that totally shocked me i was like wow that's that's pretty deep, Slava. I agree with Slava like a hundred million percent because when we would, when I would come visit you, you know, during breaks in college and you would, you would pull out like this little jar of pesto from the freezer <laughs> and, yes. and I would be like, this is, or like, you know, some sort of like vanilla, like honey jam or like something just crazy. Oh, yeah, pears. I made those pears. Those I pears. And like, that's when vanilla was like, you know, scarce. There was something going on with the vanilla trade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you you would give me these things and you can just your essence is in them 
And that's so important in food for me. And that's one of the reasons I don't like going out to eat. People are always like, oh, have you gotten any good takeout? And I'm like, no, because I don't know who's cooking that food. I don't know, you know, if they're having good day, bad day. I don't know if they're the most insidious person in the world. Like <laughs> They're, you know, putting their vibes into my food. And not, not to say I'm scared of it, but, you know, I try to have boundaries and protect my spiritual self as much as I possibly can. And by opening yourself up to that, like, it's a very intimate thing. Food is so intimate. And that's another reason. I know our reasons for being plant-based are different. I would say yours are more health and environment. If, if I, yeah. I don't want to speak for you, but I think that's correct. And mine, I would say, are ethical and environmental. So for me, also knowing that I've inflicted no harm or anguish or pain into my food, nothing went into that, is also very important for me personally. Yes, yeah. So I want to go back to something before we forget about it. You said you like using the word plant-based over vegan. So why? Yeah, hmm. so that's a great question. I'm so excited to talk about this because I've just felt so weird attaching vegan, the word vegan to what I am doing. And I think it's because there are certain connotations, uh, whether they be positive or negative to vegan, the vegan diet, you know, the vegan lifestyle that I don't think I'm there yet. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it's it's something I would be like ashamed of using or whatever. It's, it's more so that I've been in what you hit the nail on the head. I'm doing it for right now, at least I'm doing this for a nutrition sort of standpoint and environmental. Like it was always, I've always been an environmentalist, but I could never sort of dive into plant-based vegan diet for whatever reasons. But I don't think that matters. What actually got me here is through this sort of health-based reasoning and plant-based diet seems like a more accurate description of what I'm doing. I'm eating only plants because of the science tied to eating plants and putting that in your body. Now, it's not to say that I don't agree with the vegan, what I I mean by vegan and sort of I'm doing air quotes right now, is that I think the typical understanding behind what vegan is, is that ethical sort of animal rights standpoint. And I don't have, I mean, I completely agree with that, but that's not what sort of brought me here. So in a way, I'm using plant-based to sort of distinguish my reasoning, Mm -hmm. but also to sort of show that, to I don't know, like to, so anyway, I mean, that's where I'm at and I'm still trying to figure it out. What do you think of that? Yeah, I I know exactly what you're saying because I feel like when I first went vegan, it was, you're almost afraid of the word because you don't want to be stereotyped as the angry, um, aggressive, uh, in-your-face, dogmatic person. That you you don't want that attached to you. And, uh, you know, I've met all different spectrum, like, of the people in the vegan world. Some are extremely dogmatic and they believe in it, you know, like, it's almost like a religion to them. It's their their core belief. It's their um, calling in life. And I think we need those extreme people to fight the other extreme end. And then there's people I would say that are more like me, where I'm, I'm not super outspoken about it. If someone comes to me with questions, I will answer them. And if someone is blatantly kind of trying to get a rise out of me or saying something that's completely just off, then I will get mildly preachy. But I tend not to, because in my experience, people don't respond well 
to it for to me personally. I'm not good at being super in people's faces about it, and nor do I want to because I think this is a very spiritual path, and I'm not going to preach my spiritual path at someone. I might not be quite where, you know, the I'm not like an activist, I guess, I'll say. And I might get some backlash for that, but it, it's it's the truth. Like I'm not a hardcore activist at this point in time. It's I care and I'm doing my part and that's all I can do personally. I can give money to organizations and I can help monetarily and I can, you know, support by educating people when when they so desire, but I'm not one to just like throw it at you constantly. Because I find that it, it's the spaghetti that doesn't stick to the wall. Like, if you're throwing it at people who aren't ready, that spaghetti's not going to stick. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. And it's interesting because you said you're not one to sort of get in someone's face about, you know, doing something. But I am totally that person. I know you are. I know. An example is I went home to Pennsylvania you know, hang with my family and see them after months of not seeing them. And what I did was I cooked for them entirely vegan, you know, plant-based for two weeks. And I, I guess I was, I'm preachy about the nutritional benefits because mm-hmm. like once you start looking into the science behind putting yourself on a plant-based diet and what that does for a number of diseases, it's just incredible. You can't deny it. And you have to look at your family and like the people you love like are they safe are they doing okay can they do better so for me i am definitely one of those like preachy types which is funny because i am not religious at all so like preachy you know like preaching to anyone is just not my sort of cup of tea but when i'm passionate about something when i'm really interested in something i'm gonna be like hey i think i really think this is smart i think this could be smart for you you know, take it or leave it. But yeah, I, that's interesting that what you're saying is you're not so much there on the advocacy uh, in terms of at least actively doing it, pursuing it in front of people, but some more so behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And you see such a range of people out there, people who have like vegan t-shirts and like are, you know, doing things a little bit more loudly than others. And I think that sort of gives vegans in general a bad rap again i'm not ashamed of saying i'm on a vegan diet like totally totally into that but i'm also not as educated on all of the sort of ethical reasons for veganism and i'm not mad about it i think i'm in a really interesting place because i'm here for health and environmental reasons but what i get as a benefit of being here for those reasons is because is now that i get to learn about these other reasons why other people are doing it in this community. And I think those people are the majority too. This like third, or I would say that the actual first pillar of the vegan, you know, clan, you know, is that they're doing it for, for animals. And so anyway, what I'm saying, I don't need to keep rambling, but I think it's really interesting because I get to like learn about some other reasons too. And anyway, my gateway was through like nutrition. Right. And I think no, it's the best part about the, the vegan plant-based lifestyle is no matter what gateway you went through, you get the benefit of all three. You, mm-hmm. you, you do. And for me, again, mine's very spiritual based. I'm a nonviolent person, believe it or not. <laughs> I, I take a nonviolent stance in everything in life. And I cannot, I could not personally take life. So I should not be able to consume life. 
And that's my view. If you couldn't do it yourself, then it shouldn't be done at all. And having, like, paying others to inflict pain and harm and death, and then me consuming that, like, that can't be good for my spiritual self. That can't, Mm -hmm. that can't be good. And there are plenty of religions that have certain vegetarian or meat restrictions. So I know Buddhists are mainly vegetarian for the most part. And I think that has to do with like um, reincarnation. You don't know who you're eating. You don't know who, (laughs) you don't know who that is. Um, And also their nonviolent standpoint as well, you know, like don't kill things. There's Jains who they don't, they don't hurt anything like they are like strict militant vegans like hardcore i don't know a jane in real life is this a group that uh does not take tubers out of the ground correct because they'll disturb yeah they'll disturb the ground and possible they don't i believe if there's any janes out there please reach out to me so i can learn a little more but um (laughs) i really want to know i think it's more so like if there's a fruit bearing tree they will take the fruit they want things they can take from but it's still alive like they don't want to cause any death like all around well you need to get one of them on the i know i I know i'd be intense because they don't step on i want to understand right um i mean it sounds it sounds cool i And Hindus, I believe, don't eat beef and Muslims don't eat pork. And even Catholics, there's that certain like period of Lent where they don't eat meat on Fridays. Right. So they're the the least committal of all the, (laughs) you know, the the meat eating. Um, But I think theirs is to show like how pious they are and how dedicated they are Mm -hmm. to to Jesus and whatnot. Um, Yeah, I've heard even that Going so eating a vegan or plant based diet is also a way, and sort of like what I mentioned, some of the side effects for me in going vegan, going plant based was that mental clarity and that better connection with my body overall. I could totally tell sort of what my needs were at any given part of the day, uh, in terms of like what I need to eat, what I'm feeling, and how that sort of ties to what I just ate. So, and what I've heard is that for other religions too, it's a practice to eat this clean way, this natural way of eating in order to get that mental clarity, to have that spiritual clarity in order to, you know, to have those discussions with other, like other religions or like whatever that is, but it's, it's meant to clear your mind, your body, your soul. And I totally get that. I can totally see how that something you know definitely i think it's it has to do with awareness i think you're a lot more aware of the food you're eating because you're not just going and picking up the same thing the same pre-packaged item you're eating whole foods you're eating a lot of whole foods there are like junk food vegans and you can get by on certain doritos and oreos and things like that but i don't (laughs) you can but i don't think that's the majority i think a lot of people especially if they're doing it for your reasons which are health I think when they get into it, it's this awareness of being conscious of like, okay, what am I eating? What do I like to eat? What does my body feel like when I eat these certain things? And then you have to be conscious of where your food comes from. Like, is this a locally grown thing? Am I going to join a co-op? You know, what What are your options that way? And it just keeps, it's like this spiral effect. Like you just keep going and you go deeper and you've realized like, wow, food is so much deeper than the McDonald's commercial. Yeah, like I said, it's culture. It's like you're, you're, and it's spiritual. Like what you're saying, how your vegan diet led you further into your, you know, your own mm-hmm. spiritual realm and all of that. Definitely eating. I mean, you are what you eat. That's the saying. And 
if you're eating nutritious, like whole foods from nature, I mean, that's who your body and your soul are going to, you know, be reflecting. Right. And it's 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 all about a sense of community as well, because if you do join a co-op is from what I know about them, they can be local. And, you know, those are people in your community. Then you're supporting not, you know, these mass productions of meat or these, you know, the, the dairy industry, you're supporting someone that could be right down the street from you, that could be in your community. And it brings a sense of going to the farmer's market and, you know, really shopping for your food in that way. And I think something is so spiritual and special about getting back to that. I really yes. enjoy that. Gardening. I would push it one more further and say, you know, do your gardening and do your own growing and then preserve everything that you grow, you know, within reason, whatever you can do. That's great. You taught, that, you taught classes on or some, something gardening, right? Yeah, I did preserving the harvest. So extending your harvest by canning, dehydrating, freezing, freezing. I mean, if you don't know this already, freezing is one of the best ways to preserve. So instead of canning, because when you can, you're, you're boiling something down mm -hmm. and a lot of those nutrients actually leave once you, once you cook them, just like, just like if you put something in a pan, it's, it's better to eat it raw. You have a lot more nutrients readily available to you raw than cooked, but freezing them preserves the majority of the nutrition over any other type of preservation method. So yeah, I taught that for a while. I mean, I gardened, I, I got to teach a lot of students and young people, international students even, how to garden and how to make it available to them wherever they're living, you know, even if it's like in a container. If you can do that, totally start getting into that because it's amazing. There's nothing better than, like I said, eating that first zucchini that you grew or that first tomato or broccoli, whatever it is that you're growing. Like, it, there's nothing sweeter. It's amazing. I think gardening is also probably, you know, a gateway into maybe exploring a plant-based diet because you are so excited about it. So what about people that are in like more um, urban areas, like live in cities? Are they able to grow things? Because I feel like some people think, well, I live in a New York City apartment. How could I ever grow anything? Well, totally. I mean, like you can grow containers, but for example, in, in the winter, there's not a lot of options that you have, but you could grow some like herbs on, on your windowsill if you have a windowsill. Yeah. I mean, like you bring up a good point because the reality is some people depending on where they live, if they're in a really urban area, you're not likely going to be able to grow enough, you know, to make your own meals. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you need, you need some space for that. Even if you're, you know, in a, a less populated area, you might not have the land to like put a shovel in the dirt and dig up some space for yourself to grow. I mean, you can do some raised beds, but what you said is really important. You need to be connected to, you know, those other people, those farmers that populate your farmer's market or a local co-op to go get that, you know, produce. I just think that, you know, after hearing the, that we both have different avenues to get to a plant-based diet, I do think that it really is a catalyst to a spiritual movement within a person. I really do think, again, it makes you more aware. It makes you more connected. And if you're aware in your food, eating is probably like a quarter of your day or more. Okay. Like people are thinking about what am I going to make for dinner? What am I packing for lunch? What's for breakfast? Like those are things that people are constantly thinking about. So if, if food is a quarter of your day, you know, that's a quarter of your day that you're more aware. And when you do that, you're open to other awareness because you have, like you said, that mental clarity that allows you like, I don't feel like I need to take a like a carb nap anymore. I don't because I don't have that weighted down feeling when I eat anymore. I haven't, you know, for a while because I before I was vegan, I used to eat and just like, just pass out. You know, it's it's that heavy mm -hmm. like I'm going to go to sleep now and I don't get that anymore. 
because of, I think, the way that I've been eating. So Yeah, and I think you're totally right about like a quarter of the day because I've found once I've gone vegan and started eating, you know, completely plant-based, I needed to eat more. So I was in the kitchen more and I'm like you, I don't go out to eat. I don't get takeout. I cook, I would say 98% of all of my meals. If I'm too tired, I'll put like something frozen in the microwave, but I really don't like doing that. So I hand prepare everything that I eat. I don't get like prepared meals or anything like that. So I spend so much time connected to my food and understanding where it comes from. And what I'm saying too, with the gardening is if you if you do, I mean, even if you don't have the space to garden, go and work on a farm for a day or go volunteer at a community garden. Learn a little bit more about where your food is coming from because you learn like growing practices and what is put on those plants and vegetables and things that you're eating. So you have a better understanding of, okay, like I really need to scrub this thing down or, you know, like cucumbers, for example, you know, you definitely want to wash that skin off everything you want to wash. But what I'm saying is totally agree with you on that front. Food is so much part of your, your daily routine and that connects you to what your, your needs are. So going plant-based has brought me a little bit more closer to, you know, my inner self and what I need personally from day to day and from hour to hour to hour. So and it, it keeps you conscious, like what you're saying, conscious to, to what, what's going on. Yeah, I think it's that innate awareness. So I think, I think that we would both agree that there's something naturally spiritual about a plant-based diet. Yes, I think so. You know, when you first came to me and we're like, you want to like chat about this topic on my podcast? I was like, yeah, totally. But then I got nervous because I'm like, well, I don't, well, shoot, I never really thought of that. But I've been thinking about this now uh, since we, you know, set this up to have this conversation. And I completely agree. At first, again, I'm very skeptical. I was like, wait a minute. I don't know if those things are connected even. So like, I don't know if we can even talk. You got to trust me, man. <laughs> but it's it's totally true and it's just a it's a very spiritual act you know like what you're putting in your body to nourish you and to keep you like flourishing every day that's a huge part of what your spiritual you know body is and like slava said to feed others yeah what you're feeding others maybe someone who's listening feels differently like that's totally fine i want to hear about that like you know maybe food isn't so much part of your spiritual body but at least that's making sense to me <laughs> this week. I've known to change my mind and, and keep my mind open about how things how things work out. As you should. You should always, because we're always going to grow. We're always going to explore. You know, you should always try new things. See what sticks. See what that spaghetti. Spaghetti on the wall, man. See what sticks. <laughs> see what falls. But for me, this is definitely a life thing. You know, it's been five and a half years now, and I'm not going back. Uh, I'm I'm doing too much doing too good you know my workouts have never been better everything's it's great Caitlin where now that people know you're a world traveler and a master gardener they may want to you know (laughs) connect with you so where can people find you should they want to ask you questions on gardening or anything like that yeah totally um you can find me on Instagram that's usually where I'm at um I think it's underscore cross with a k underscore bow it's a connection to my last name, but that's where you can find me. I'm happy to talk about gardening. I like to post lots of photos from my travels and beautiful nature shots because I just love nature so much. But yeah, reach out. Definitely. And if you can't for some reason find underscore 
cross with a K <laughs> underscore bow. You can definitely find her under my friends list on <laughs> on at moonmatters.astro. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, if you if you want to reach out to Caitlin, I will definitely get you guys in touch with her. So, thank you for doing this, Caitlin. This was a wonderful meeting of the minds, and I'm sure I will have you on. <laughs> I will have you on again because these need to happen more often. All right, thanks, man. Bye.